Welcome back to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike and I got my linemate Matt with me. And today we're going to go over some Blackhawks news, what's kind of going on with the organization and some NHL news. Uh, but first, I want to talk about tonight's game against Dallas. Obviously, Dallas is, is a team that's destined for the playoffs. They've been playing really, really good. And this is the lineup that they have for this squad. They've got Pitlick at left wing, Kershev at center, and Radish at right wing. Yes, if you're asking yourself the question, that is the f- number one line. Uh, Blackwell at left wing, Dickinson at center, Anderson at right wing for the second line, Reichel at left wing, Whistle at center, and Gutman on the right wing. And then for the fourth line, they got Kachuk, Sanford, and Donato. Defensive pairings are Vlasic and Jones, Magna and Murphy, Korchinski and Zaitsev. Yikes. Dallas doesn't have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so number one, number one, um, I don't think Reichel should be on that third line. A lot of people are going to disagree with me on this. You know, a lot of people expect this kid to come out and, um, you know, start putting up some uh, some numbers. And I think that he's got some some maturing to do and some much developing to do. And he can't do it. In Rockford, he's got to do it at the NHL. He's already w- w- gone to Rockford, scored a ton of points. You know, he's at the NHL. This is like his next step. This is where he needs to be. Matt, do you see any reason on why Reichel is better served, especially with the roster that we have, and um, you know, with the stakes of the season? You know, we're not looking, we're not going to do anything. I think we've got thirty-seven million on the uh, on the IR. Do you think on the third? on the third line is the place where Reichel will be playing? No, I think he should be getting 20 minutes a game, especially with Bedard out now. Get him as much time as he can. Get him on the power play. Even give him a try at like maybe the second penalty kill unit just to get him more ice time in more different scenarios. Do you think the different scenarios would maybe um, get him a little bit more creative and get him out of maybe a funk that he's in? Well, like we were talking about before we hit record um it's really hard to put up points when you're on the third line i mean usually the third line is playing against the team's the other team's top line right so when you're playing against guys like jason robertson rupe hints and jamie ben tyler sagan joe pavelski you're not going to have the puck a lot and yeah. um especially dallas they're a very good team they're they're really there's going to be no offense in Reichel's mind. It's going to be like I better stay on my assignment or I'm going to be like a minus fourteen tonight. So right, uh, don't get that. Uh, I have a lot of, a lot of agreements with Richardson on how he's handling uh, and maybe Davidson too. I'm sure he's got something to do with it with uh, Reichel. But there's no question the Hawks do compete hard every night and. I you got to give that to the coach. He's doing a great job with that. But there's just some things. This this kid's a top kid. He's he's obviously would consider him a you know this our second best prospect that's playing now. You know he this this guy needs to he needs to have you know the surroundings to make him a better player. And right now he doesn't. Gutman as well. I think Gutman. I think he's got a lot of heart. And he's got some skill with him too. I mean, I think I'd rather see him on the um, you know, the second line than the third line. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things like uh, his speed is very good. He competes hard, and it, and then I mean, you read Donato was on the fourth line. That's another guy. Like this guy plays hard too, and he's he's got he's 
got some pretty good hockey sense. There's right. just there's a there's like some head scratchers with the the lineups. Like, hey, let's try this, let's try that, let's try this. But we should be thinking about developing. You know, right? Uh, Korczynski should be thrown into the fire a little bit more, and it, let Reichel should too as well. So I'm not sure what their what their uh, their plan is with this. It's kind of it's frustrating at times. Going to the defensive pairings, Vlasic and Jones. I think Vlasic should be playing with Korczynski just because I think they've got a lot of chemistry together. Yeah, he's been a huge surprise for me this season. Uh, I'm a huge Vlasic fan. I know Darren Pang is too. He's always raving about him, and that guy's a very good hockey mind, kind yeah, of like a, like an Eddie O type of guy. And, you know, he, he's praising him every night. And when you really zero in on him, he's going to be a good defenseman here. So he's another guy they got to protect and, you know, try out some different scenarios for him too. Got Murphy on the second line. Don't you think maybe Murphy should be playing on the first line with Jones and Vlasic and Korchinski playing together on that second pairing? Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, Connor Murphy and Jones got the most playing experience, so I'd like to see them play against the the other team's top top dogs. You know, they just that way it's not like a complete, you know, like runaway game, and you can compete for a full sixty. Um. You know how I feel about Murphy, though. So yeah. And Zaitsev, you know, man, Zaitsev has been. Um, I would, I would give this guy a lot of credit, man. I, I wrote him off for a long time, but he's out there competing really hard every, 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 every game. Has he surprised you in any ways? Yeah, I, I think we both were like, what the heck? We got this guy. He's got like that four million dollar cap hit, and we're like, come on, we don't need this. But he's been a surprise, you know, and. Um, yeah, right now when when you're depleted with injuries, this guy is probably a guy you want in the lineup just to give us a fighting chance. So, like just another body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a guy that's you know put his games in. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Foligno signed a two-year, nine million dollar extension. I'm I'm really happy about that, man. I'm glad that they rewarded him. Um, he seems to want to be here. You know, when you when you see him talking to the press, um, his mannerisms uh, and, you know, he just seems like a guy who's who's buying in, wants to be here. He's not, you know, at the end of his career, like, oh, you know, uh, I'm just playing, you know, and just just collecting these checks. He seems like he believes in what's going on here and uh, he believes in his role of. You know, kind of mentoring, uh, you know, Bedard and and being that presence for these young guys on this squad. I think that they should just, you know, bite the not really bite the bullet. I mean, just give him the C now, man, and let him hand it off to Bedard in a few years. Yeah, I, I I'm super happy with that signing. And I mean, you kind of debated back and forth about the C and who should get it, and well. I, you know, I didn't like a guy getting a C when he was on like a one year expiring deal. Right. But now it's like, okay, so he's going to be here. If you think about it, he's going to be here for another 200 something games, maybe a little less, but that's, that's a lot of games to be playing with Connor Bedard. And that's a lot less pressure on Bedard. So he could just kind of elevate his game and not worry about all the other stuff like Felino could worry about. Yeah, I think he's getting paid pretty fair for his age, and but you know he brings a lot, so I think it's a great signing. And when you got guys that want to be here that are kind of big names, like he's he, Felino's a big name guy. He's been around for a while, and hopefully that attracts other you know free agents, and we become like that destination where guys want to come here and play again. 
Yeah. And I think the Blackhawks are are inching towards that, especially, you know, we're going to, in, in the, within the next couple of years, you know, we'll have these first round picks and we're going to have some young guys coming up. We're going to have some veterans wanting to come over and probably some stars like, hey, you know what? These guys are building something. These guys are going to be making a push to try to make it. Let's, uh, let's you know, let's see what they got. Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. I remember when Kane Taves, you know, came up and we were getting some good veteran guys like Campbell, uh, Huey came in, who's just pretty good at the time. And guys were just calling to come in. Like uh, Brent Sobel was pumped, you know, when he was traded here. He's like, oh, I want to stay. I want to stay. And hopefully we get to that level again, because that was fun when we were getting all those guys like at the deadline and stuff. And the, oh, I can't believe I'm a Blackhawk, you know, that type of thing. We got to we got to get right. back there. They're, Bedard's going to really speed up that process. So I'm excited. You know, he's they have him on a six to eight week time frame. Uh, I wonder how that's going to affect his his Calder, his Calder race. Um, I know he's still got a pretty solid lead. I, I want to say he's up like seven to ten points or something. But you know what? <laughs> I think he's going to come back and he's just going to take off because he's going to have a little chip on his shoulder because reading a lot of stories are like, oh, he's got to protect himself better. He's got to he's got to get a little bit bigger and not play so loose out there he's got a just i don't know that i'm sure he sees it and he's probably like ah screw you guys i'm gonna go come back and score three my first game and just light it up so <laughs> i still think he's gonna win the the calder yeah and you know for the first time man and in, in, in a while they have a really good calder race going on this year yeah it sucks i mean uh, luke hughes has been been good and defensemen kind of get passes with points yeah. And uh I know Fantelli's kinda I think he's top five and then that Logan Cooley's up there and I forget who else, but yeah, there's a lot of good young talent coming in and I still think Bedard is number one and then there's a pretty big drop off to number two. Not saying that they're bad players, but he's just at a different level. Yeah, he is at a different level, but what I mean is that if you look at normally the Calder race the past few years, it's been, you know, it's kind one of guy. like, one guy it's been like whatever, yeah. you know, like this year, man, there's a lot of young guys that have come in this season and are playing really, really good. Fantilli, um, not, not, not all of them have come in this season, but um, Logan Cooley, um, who else, man? Um, Fantelli. Um, I forget. There's, there's so yeah. there's another good kid on Phoenix. It might even even Leo Carlson for for the, for the uh, Ducks. Yeah, for the Ducks, he's been playing really well, man. Not as good as Fantelli, but he has been he has been playing well. It makes you wonder, like they they didn't like something with Fantelli, and he yeah. Was, I wonder what it was. I don't know, but I think maybe they got they got their guy, and they they're they're really happy with it. Yeah. Yeah, because from what I've heard from Columbus is that they love uh, they love Fantelli over there. So yeah, he's a nice they're, kid. they're saying he's a generational stud in the making, and uh, unfortunately, he's in, you know, he's in Columbus where you know not a lot of people watch. So that's just uh, it's kind of it sucks, but I mean, I, I at least you know at least he he got drafted, he's honored by it, and he's playing for him. Unlike this this kid we're going to be talking about. <laughs> Before I go any further, I gotta let everybody know that we know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code SHYTOMAHAWK. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SHYTOMAHAWK. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 Plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and, and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Now back to Fantelli. Watching him play, man, he is a pretty strong guy on his skates considering he's just a rookie and it's it's his first year in the league. I I mean I can see this guy getting stronger as the as the years go on and I I agree 100%. I think that he can be a force uh for for whoever he plays for. I don't think that he's going to stick around in Columbus for for forever though. Ooh, yeah, it's still too early. He uh, well, you, you got to think they have his rights till what twenty six, I believe. So, yeah, yeah, you know, he's guaranteed to play for at least. Uh, I think he's what nineteen. So yeah, he's probably got a good six, seven years, whatever. But I think he's gonna. He looks like his, when I when I look at his highlights and stuff, he looks like he's gonna be like a thirty goal guy every year once he yeah. starts learning and gets some good line mates and stuff like that. But. I, I mean, I was a fan. I, I still am a fan. And if we didn't get Bedard, I was hoping we'd get this kid. I honestly, truly, in my heart, believed he would be a Blackhawk. But I did too. We were so lucky. So I was preparing for it. Yeah, and I would have been happy with it. I would have been really yeah. happy with it. But I'm obviously more happy with Bedard just because he's just a, he's a force out there. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the Jackets they had a good situation, and it's just not working out there. The you know, even their goalie Elvis now, he, he's not happy with what's going on. And Johnny Hockey signed that big deal, and he kind of hasn't lived up to it. Patrick Liney is kind of a goofy character, but good, but he's real streaky. So they got to figure it out. They got, like, an identity issue. I think, like, somewhat like the Hawks do. They're they're still looking to see what what kind of team they're going to be. So, But th- unfortunately, they got all these this money spent on these guys, and it's just not working out there. I, I'm not sure what, what, what you do. Do you think Line would be better off on another team? Um, I you know what? When they traded him, the Jets traded him. I was I couldn't believe it. I I'm I'm like, dude, this guy's a forty goal scorer. He's just one of those guys, like kind of like Matthews. He'll this guy wants to shoot. He wants the puck. And yeah. they traded him for that Pierre Mark Luke Dubois, yeah, whatever yeah. his name is. Who's not? I'm not never been a fan of him, and I know he's. It was a big deal when he went to L.A. this year. He was kind of like a, a piece that they fit in. But, yeah, I was really surprised by that. But uh, I, I don't know about Line A. It seemed, he's just a weird dude. You know, you, you see, like, pictures of him, and he's got weird suits, and he's bald at times, and he's just... I mean, that's cool. I, no, I'm just saying... He's, he's, got, he's, just seems, he's got personality. I like that. He, he does, but he's just like... I don't... I. He's really, he's really living the, like, he looks like Elton John at times, you know, he's got like, <laughs> like, what are you doing here, bud? And, 
It's like he walks into a game and they, he's like a healthy scratch. You know, well, what the yeah. hell? Like when you're the top dog, why are you a healthy scratch? Like what the frick's going on? You know. So I think I yeah, know. I'm not I'm yeah. not sure about him. I, I I like him, but maybe a new team would help. But I mean, if oh, honestly, like, would you take a risk on him right now? Like with no. his history, I don't know if I would. What about Pierre Luc Dubois? I mean, he's six four two twenty five. That's what you want. That's what you want to see. But this season, he's got thirty eight games played, seven goals, nine assists, or sixteen points, and minus nine. You know, that's not. No. You know, I, I think that he's dropped significantly since his first couple seasons with Columbus. Uh, yeah, well, he had the Breadman with him. Of course, his numbers are going to be way better. And then right. obviously, Breadman left, and then Pierre Mark whatever you want to call him, Frenchy, wasn't happy with Torts' coaching, and he starts, you know, they're fighting back and forth. But, I mean, I love this. When people, like, dig into Torts, they're like, oh, his coaching philosophy's horrible. But look what he's doing in Philly. Oh, yeah. That team was god-awful last year, and he knew it. And he said, this, this team has a locker room problem, and we're going to fix it. And right. one year, this team is competing for a freaking playoff spot. Yeah. It's insane. So clearly he was it the works. problem. He there's he was the problem and yeah. that trade for the Jackets, I I mean, and they're probably thinking they won because obviously the guy's not in Winnipeg anymore. He's with yeah. LA and uh, LA spent a lot of money on him and the numbers you just read that that's that's brutal. I mean, that that's this guy should they they're, they're probably thinking he was going to be putting up Panarin like numbers the the years yeah. he was in He's not that guy. You know, he was a high draft pick and he's just, and Kopitar is still like the man over there, which is crazy because he's getting old too. He is. And they don't have somebody to take over. You know, Luke Dubois, he's only 25 years old and he's on his third 13, team already. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, you know, that's that's kinda, the big boomer debate. Like, like, man, like, he, like he, he was talking about, um, who was the guy we just got from, um, Vancouver when, when Corey Perry was released. Uh, Bolivier, I think. I oh believe. yeah, Anthony Anthony Bolivier. So he started with the Islanders, and he was supposed to be a, a top dog. And you know, he went to Vancouver. Now he's with the Hawks, and this is his third team. It makes you wonder, like, what's going on with these guys? Like, these are top draft picks, and they're third team already, and they're what, like, less than twenty five years old. Something, something's not right. And you, I, you got to stay away from those guys. We got, we got, we we didn't give up anything for him too. No, we. Oh, I think he made that trade, and he did the the Canucks a huge favor because the, you know they got these guys that are going to be need to get paid soon, right? And we lost four million dollars in our cap hit with Perry being released, and we gained five when we signed, we traded for this guy. So I think that was just a money move, and hey, Vancouver, we're doing you a favor type of move. Do you think that? Say like uh, someone like Bolivier or Pierre Luc Dubois, like someone like this who's obviously made it into the league. They've played really, really good hockey at one point in their life. They come to a team, a bottom team like the Blackhawks right now, and they're like, you know what? They're a bottom team, but you know what? These guys are building something here. You know, might have an opportunity to play with Connor Bedard. You know, do you think that this motivates them in a way to maybe bring up their play? I think Bolivier for sure is going to. You know, I like his game. I thought before he got hurt, he was he was playing well. He he's he's smart out there, makes some good plays. And I mean, if I got if I was an old guy, got traded, or even a young guy, and it's like 
I get to play with Connor Bedard? Yeah, sign me up. My numbers are going to go up. It seems like he kind of, you know, you kind of get lucky in a way. You know, um, Feligno always mentions, he's like, you know what, I went to a team that, um, I went to a team that won the most regular season games in NHL history, and they lost in the first round. And then I played on another team that nobody thought we were going to do anything, and, you know, we were making some noise going into the playoffs. So, you know, not buying into kind of all of the smoke that's out there. And, um, and, um, and, and in a way, m- maybe giving your, uh, that locker room, like a much needed, um, you know, clear the air type of a thing. Like, Hey, don't listen to what's going on out there. Everything's all good. You know, we know what, what we're doing here and having maybe somebody like Bolivier, who's been in New York, been in Vancouver, like, Hey, you know what? I've seen a few things in my, my few years in the league. And one thing I, I, I know not to do is to put too much stock into what you hear in the, um, you know, in the, in, in the news, you know, and what they're, you know, what, what they're putting out just recently with the whole thing with, um, with, uh, Kevin Hayes and, and, and Tortorella is, is another prime example of what's well, going on in the media that can influence kind of what's going on on the ice and what's going on in the, in the locker rooms. Yeah, that, that's brutal and good for Torts for calling that guy out right in front of his face. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he did. So he, he, so little backstory is the reporter essentially put out a statement saying that because of something that Kevin Hayes said, Cutter Gauthier didn't want to play with the Flyers for that reason. And Torts responded to what happened. He came into the, into the press conference and said, is the guy who said this in here? And then the guy said, yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> he yeah. looks at him. He goes, oh, he goes, shit. oh, he goes, oh, he goes, oh, you. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> and and, um, and he pretty much defended Kevin Hayes, um, rightfully so. And in saying that, you know, some of these things that are said in the media can affect what's going on inside of the locker rooms and affect, you know, these guys' lives. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't want to hear that that kid getting like death threats from Philadelphia Flyer fans. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. crazy. You're, you're going to get psychos and idiots everywhere saying stupid stuff like that. And right. I'm sure 99% of the Philly fan base, the, you know, they, they don't feel that way. Of course, they're going to be like, screw this guy then, you know, let him go yeah, over there and let him, let him, let him be a superstar. Right. But, you know, obviously they, they're, they can be upset, you know, I mean, I'm kind of upset for him. You know, this guy's a top pick. He was really good in the world juniors and, and for if I'm Danny Briere, I'm going to be really upset, but I'm going to be really happy with the return I got because Jamie Drysdale, he's a good defenseman and he he's is. already doing really well for Torts. And um, I'd be really happy. But with Cutter, we can call him Cutter, I guess. But I mean, this guy and his agent, they didn't even talk to Danny Briere and the Flyers. And oh, wow. they had four respected hockey minded people trying Patrick Sharp was one of them they had uh, Jonesy who's you know he's with the uh, he's been in the media for a long time but he's now uh, Keith Jones Keith Jones yeah he's now a um, I think he's like an executive or president type of role guy Danny Breer and um, John LeClaire even another great another legend yeah they they wouldn't even try they wouldn't even talk to him 
And oh, wow. they wouldn't even give him a reason. Like, at least be a man and say, listen, I don't want to play for Philadelphia because you guys, um, I just, I mean, he has a right to say it, but I mean, a lot of these new kids, they should be honored if any team drafts them. And sure. they want you. Like, they want to lock you up. But this kid obviously got spooked or I'm, I, I can only speculate, but of what I heard and of course, what the 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 Twitter media will say is, "Oh, because Torts sucks and he does he doesn't want to play for Torts." I I find that very false. I heard that he was upset last season after um, after his uh, college year. Uh, there was like I think fifteen twenty games left in the NHL season, and Philadelphia didn't call him up. He didn't get that. He didn't get to burn out his first year in the entry level contract, which that's what I think I've heard from you know respected guys on like XM Radio type of guys. But that could be it. But he didn't say anything, so it, it's hard to. We don't have the truth yet, but I think he owes the Flyers that the truth, and I think eventually we'll hear about it. But I, you know, you don't want to. You don't want the kid getting death threats over a, a team he's that doesn't want to play for, but. I think he's worse off, though, now. I mean, Anaheim, you don't have guys watching you there. There's a very limited amount of fans. Philadelphia is a very passionate sports town, and, I mean, say what you want, they're crazy, but they show up for their teams. So I, I'd rather play in a full barn than a building with, uh, you know, like 4,000 people and sometimes Snoop Dogg shows up. But that's just me. I, I think I'd rather play for the Flyers. Do you think his agent had something to do with this? Uh, I don't know. I think the agents right now, they just, like, they kiss a lot of butt, you know, and they, they want to make their clients very comfortable and make kind of hype them up and build them up to be so good and, you know, just be like yes men type of guys. But I think a lot of it is, it's got to be Cutter. He's got a, he, he's got maybe a very arrogant, uh, thinking like, hey, I'm too good for this, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to play for you. But I just, you know, it brings you back to the Lindros thing. Lindros at least said, I do not want to play for the owner of the Quebec Nordiques. I will not play there. So, and you know what? He got traded, and he was good. He was he, Hall of Fame guy. He backed it up, and I for the I, I hope this kid isn't a bust because. Uh, <laughs> he's going to really let down the, the Anaheim Ducks organization, and Philly's going to, you know, probably just dig into this kid for that. And turn into like an Alexander Daigle. You know, ironically, I think he's got a Netflix documentary coming up about being a, a bust. A, a, being a bust, yeah. yeah, and like the like the effect that it had on his life. And uh, so check that out. I think that comes out in like March or something like that. I'll have to look into it. Gotta be tough, man. I did see the trailer for it. I saw the trailer for it. You know, here's the thing. If this kid is, if you have all this drama already with this guy, is this really a kid that you want? Like Matt, say for instance, you're the, you're the GM and you've got this kid that's already stirring up this, this shit and he hasn't even played for you yet. Is this something that you really want to deal with with this player? Because what if he does turn into a big deal, right? Then what are you going to have to deal with? Well, I think the Flyers were really good to this kid. Like, sure. they said, hey, I, he, he said, I'm not playing, and they look for a deal. 
Right? They 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 were smart. They saw his his stock pretty high because he had a good World Juniors, and they're like, you know what? We can get somebody really good for him, and or we can hold on to him and hope he changes his mind, and and you know, hopefully they can work something out. But they did this kid a favor because if they right. really wanted to. They could have just held his contract, his rights for yeah. the next three years, and then, hey, what are you going to do then, kid? You know, yeah. eventually you're going to have to sign. But right. I thought Philly was very generous and nice for what they did. Can the Players Association file a grievance for something like that? If if they were to hold on to him? Yeah. Well, I don't think so. If they if they feel like he's not ready, no, I, I, I don't think so. I think they own his rights. Like, kept, going back to Kevin Hayes, he did it to the Blackhawks. He didn't want to play for the Blackhawks. He was drafted by the Hawks, and right. he he waited out his uh, rights ending, and he signed as a free agent with the Rangers. And I mean, that's probably what would have happened. But if you look back, it's like, dude, you just you just burned out three years. You know, like you could he Kevin Hayes was lucky because he stayed in college. Right. But I think this kid is a he might be a junior, right? A ju- I'm not sure what his what so, his age is. Maybe he would, you know, lose a year, but again, like Philadelphia was very good to this kid and he should be grateful that, you know, they could have just held on to him and said, no, you're, you're going to wait it out with us kid. Cause we kind of own you right now. So but yeah, I, I, I'm sure Torts and Briere are happy with the return because, uh, I, I was very surprised when I saw that trade. I actually couldn't believe it. I'm like, wow, this kid is supposed to be like the next defenseman stud there. And, you know, even Trevor Zegers was thrown off guard because that was his buddy, and now it sounds like Zegers isn't happy. So we, we yeah. he could be getting traded at the deadline. He's got a pretty decent deal, but clearly just having a bad season this year with injuries and not the lack of production. But we might even see him get traded. Do you think that he'd fit in with the Blackhawks? Oh, he's not making a ton of money. I'm not a big fan, but uh, Me you know, I at this point, putting a skill guy with Bedard, it, it would be interesting, you know. But uh, I, I wouldn't want to give up anything, you know. I wouldn't want to give up a first round pick or a top prospect for him right now. Yeah, I and wouldn't I, want and to I either. Think it, you know, if you're Verbeek. You're gonna want somebody like a Frank Nazar to replace this kid. No way. And that will, but you got to look at his at his standpoint. He's just not gonna give Zegers away for like a Jason Dickinson type of guy. It's gonna right. you got to get somebody good in return. So I don't think it would fit work for the Hawks. It might work for a a team like maybe New Jersey. You know, go play with your boy Jack Hughes, and <laughs> that would be very interesting. Oh my gosh. Just, they would just get smaller. They think they need to get a little bit bigger. Yep, they'd get knocked team, around, and shoulders would be getting separated a lot in that that team. Especially when uh, you know they look to get into battles with uh, the Blackhawks, <laughs> with with bottom performing teams yeah. for for some reason. Let's play some '90s hockey against the Hawks when we got like <laughs> six got skilled nothing, guys. Yeah, they got that, made, that, that made no sense. For. Yep. <laughs> Hold on, I want to look up Timo Meyer's um, stats this year really quick because Ooh, yeah, that was another interesting move you know what i was thinking about the other day logan couture i know he's he's still hurt but that's a guy i'd like to have on on our team oh, another yeah, good leader 
So nine goals, six assists for 15 points is a minus 16 in 28 games. This is the exact opposite of what they were expecting when they Ooh. traded for this guy, man. Dude, he, he scored 40 last year, so that's, yeah. that's an ouch. Big one. Big one. Minus 16, man. He's a minus fifty three on his career, so yeah, looks like he doesn't like to play very bad. Doesn't like to play defense. Yeah, <laughs> that that shark so team is bad. On the opposite, uh, on the opposite side over here, we've got the Toronto Maple Leafs. William Nylander just got paid ninety two million on a contract extension, eleven point five annual cap hit for that. Um, you know they locked him up, man, and the and. They haven't done anything to make themselves better. They've got a lot of money going to these top four guys. And I'm going to tell you something. Um, Mitch Marner is going to be looking to get paid, man. He's making $10.9 million right now. right now. They say he's going to be the fastest player to reach, I think, five or 600 points in Toronto Maple Leafs history in the least amount of games. It might be wow. 600 points in the least amount of games. I'll have to look that up. I remember seeing that earlier today. He's going to be looking to get paid, man. Yeah, and he deserves it. He absolutely will deserve it. But he's got too many guys in, you know, in front of him making big bucks. And when, when you think of the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs, the highest paid player, who do you think of? I don't think it's William Nylander, but it is. He is the yeah. highest paid Maple Leaf ever. And you got guys like Austin Matthews, who's going to be the probably the best goal scorer of the next generation and maybe the greatest American of all time. And Matt Sundin, you know, you had all those really good players back in the day. And William Nylander got the biggest contract. It's crazy. But uh, definitely Mitch Marner is a way better player. And he's probably going to look for 12 or 13. So yeah. Tavares is going to be the odd man out. He's probably going to go to a league minimum because he says he wants to be a Maple Leaf forever. So Yeah, he's from there. Yeah. He's been a good captain for him, but that, that contract is just, uh, I thought it was a little too long, especially with these guys like Nylander, Matthews, Marner. They got, they're starting to get paid now and he should have took a little less term. It maybe would have worked out better for him. They could have kept some guys like, you know, like Zach Hyman, he jumped over to Edmonton. He's man, he's been a force for that team. Yeah. And he's really fitting in over there. And, um, they say, Nothing but great things about him on and off the ice and does some good charity work and stuff like that. But that's a guy you'd probably want on your team, too. And they're losing all these guys because they're so top-heavy and uh, they just can't pay them. So, well, here's the thing. Uh, we're looking at Tavares. Next year is his last year at $11 million. He's a free agent after that, so they're going to sign him for league minimum. So, you have to. He said that. No, well, no way. If, if you want, if he wants to stay here, it would have to be league minimum or at least two. You know, maybe three, but he's got to do short term deals. There's just a, there's no way it's going to work. Oh, here's another thing, and that's that same year. That is the last year of Mitch Marner's contract. At 10.9, so he can get that bump. If they want to keep him, he can get that bump in pay. I think they they got no choice. You got to keep Marner. You got to keep Matthews. And, you know, they, they want to keep Nylander. I, I was texting you. I remember. I'm like, hopefully Nylander could play some goalie because they don't <laughs> have any money for the, the net. They're hoping to outscore their problems. You can do that in the season. But when it's tight in the playoffs, 
ouch, it's it's going to be hard for him. And I see another early exit, man. I do. I do, too. I do, too. But the cap is going to be going up. We've got um, Tavares' contract coming off. Is there light at the end of the tunnel for the, for the Maple Leafs? Yeah. He's been a good captain, good player for him, but you know what? They just they gotta all dig deep and try to get to the final. They have to, and they can barely get to the third round or second round. So it's gonna be tough with no goalie. And I know Martin Jones is kind of the guy that stepped in. He's been really good, but uh, I don't know, man. For the playoffs, it's just it's just different. Hmm. Really interesting, man. Really interesting on what they've got, uh, what they've got going on, dude. Uh, I, because I think if doing a little, a little uh, cap gymnastics, man, they might be able to to make it make it out of this, and then maybe get a couple free agencies when the cap goes up big time. I, you know what, man? I think if they can move a big contract, maybe try to get like a Gibson in that and go for it this season. Go all in and pray to God it works out, but. I just, the the goalie development just hasn't been there for them. You know, there's some teams that just get so lucky. There's, like Nashville, for instance. I mean, they got elite goalies that come in and out, retire, another guy comes in. He's just as good. Just, Toronto just couldn't figure it out. It's just, it's, it's rough for them. Well, next year... Uh, the cap is supposed to go up by four million, which is the biggest in a long time. So it's going to go from eighty three point five this year to eighty seven. Well, and then year. don't forget, Willie Nylander's at like six million right now. He's that's doubled pretty much. Doubled them, yeah. So then, you know, you're going to be losing guys, obviously. But yeah, Mitch is going to need to get paid, so they're going to need all that cap space. They're not going to really change much. There's going to be some like league minimum guys, some young guys coming up, and that's what it's going to be for the next couple of years with the Maple Leafs. If you were, a you know, say, a younger player, and you know that the 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 cap's going to go up by 10 million, 25, 26. When the NBA had something similar happen to them, when their cap went up really, really big because of their, their TV deal, guys were getting astronomical contracts, still are. Do you think that we're going to be seeing, um, instead of guys bringing in, you know, better guys, do you think the guys that are already there are going to be taking up a lot of that, that cap money? I, you know what, man? I hope they keep it at like the league minimum for like three years. Like you got to put your time in. I know the NBA, mm, like okay. I, I heard a clip of Jordan saying like, man, back in the day we had to work for a contract. Like we earned it. He's like, now yeah. guys are getting paid millions for not even stepping foot on the court yet. So yeah. I hope it doesn't get to that with hockey. I hope they, you know, I always go back to the bridge deal. And you know what? I like the Trevor Zegris uh, bridge deal that he took. I'm sure he wanted a long time, like eight years, but. Probably Jack, Jack Hughes money. Yeah, but I like that bridge deal because you give your team, you know, you're giving your team a chance to keep, you know, you're young still. You're going to get paid eventually. But right. you can put together a good team and keep that team for a while. But now you got these kids that they literally go from 950k to like 10 million now. Yeah. It's crazy. And even yeah. Kane and Taves took a good bridge deal. They took a I believe it, it was, was like a norm back then. 36 36 million 6 year bridge. Six, yeah. And then they got their big year. long-term one. So right. I I I like that and look what you know, you, you were 
still able to keep a good team together. So, right. It sucks when you got two guys and three guys making 13 million. That's where the Maple Leafs are right now. Yeah. And they can't yeah, fill their depth in. They can't even get a, a solid net guy. So, right. it, it sucks. I hope they can keep it keep it like how it is and, you know, obviously guys are going to get paid, but you you want to keep it fair. So next season, this season's the 23-24 season. The salary cap's at 83.5 million. It went over, went up 1 million from last year. In 24-25, the the cap is going to go from 87 from 83.5 to between 87.5 or 88 million. So that's a big about yeah, 5 million dollar cap hit. And then after that, 25-26 it's going to be 92. So from now 83.5 million to two years from now, it's going to go up to it's going to go up by about to almost 10 million, 9.5 million, wow. which is going to be huge, huge. because it's huge for us. A lot of uh, it is. It's great, and to be honest with you, it's great for players because a lot of these guys they play really hard, and um, you know they should be rewarded for for um, for the you know for their work, especially compared to what some of these other contracts these guys are getting in some of these other sports. Yeah, baseball is uh, unreal. Unbelievable. Yeah, it is baseball. Even the NBA, man. The NBA. We've got guys that are making six. Well, one guy, I think he's making like sixty-five million a year. <laughs> a year. That's uh. What's so? Yeah, that's pretty much three lines and a goalie in yeah. the NHL. You know, it's insane. I think Steph. I think Steph Curry is making, you know, fifty million a year. But Steph Curry is an all-time great now. You know, so I guess you can see paying him that kind of money, he's still playing well. But, uh, but yeah, there there's some crazy contracts out there, uh, especially in the NBA. And um, it's some of these NBA guys. I mean, these NHL guys are going to be able to they're going to be able to cash in pretty soon. Yeah, I'm all for the players getting paid if they deserve it. And I, you know what, Willie Nylander, he play he's been very good. You know, and he I think he if he Consistent. gets that, he deserves it. So. He's been very consistent for them. Yeah. You know, Mitch Marner has too. These guys, they just haven't gotten that playoff uh, that playoff performance from all of them True. at the same time. And, and, you know, and, and it's that's why there's a GM. He's got to figure out the problems. You know, he, he's got to pay his top guys and then he's got his it's his job to find guys that he could fill the, you know, the lower roles with. And it's sometimes it's hard to do when you got, you know, guys making that money. But if you you got those guys. You're very thankful you got them because they're going to get you to the playoffs every year. Just probably right. four guys alone could do it, you know. So right. that Brad Trey Living is the GM there. He's he's got his work cut out for him. And you know Kyle Davidson's in a different boat. He's got loads of cap space, and he's got a pretty much planet where you know Bedard probably isn't going to get that bridge deal. He's probably going to get. You know, ten million right away, maybe for eight years or something. Minimum, so minimum twelve. He, he, minimum, he could. So he's got to figure that out. But at least he has that. He's got that luxury of knowing he's got all that space and a bunch of young guys. So it's gonna What's be. It's crazy. a lot easier for him. But I mean, it's he still has to draft well and put a good team around Connor. So Connor wants to be a Blackhawk. So he's right. kind of like two different tales right now and. You know, Trey Living has got to go for a cup because people in Toronto are just, they're like, they're, they're, they're hungry. They are. And it's just not looking good because he's got, he's got a lot of hurdles. He's got to jump to, you know, find guys that could stop the puck. They know, we know they right. could score, but they got to keep the puck out. And that's, that's their right. biggest problem, in my opinion. 
Well, all right, everybody, that's all we've got for you today. Let us know what you think about the cap going up big time. Bedard is going to be getting paid. Do you think that NHL players should be paid more money? I'm curious what everybody thinks. We'll catch you on the next one, everybody. This is a Tomahawk, and we're out of here. 